Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. You can take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter. I'm just going to read one verse tonight out of Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. I'd just like to talk to you for a little while on the subject. Four things every sinner must face. Four things every sinner must face. If you're not a Christian, these four things are staring you in the face. And I'd like for you to consider what we have to say concerning these four things. First of all, death is staring you in the face. What happens when a sinner dies? When a sinner dies, he sinks into the blackest shades of eternal night. When a man dies without God, before they can get him out of the wrecked car, before they can get him out of the hospital room, he's already reached his destination. Dear ones, the day is coming when you, even though now you're healthy and you're well, we're going to have to lay down at the gate of death. All of us, both saved and lost. But oh, how sad it would be to have to lay down at that gate, lost without God. What will you do, friend, as a sinner, when death and hell come to visit you, while you're still in your sins, under the curse of the law, the day that you will die certainly could occur much quicker than you might think in your mind. And a miserable death lies ahead for everyone who has failed to repent and get right with God. Picture yourself in the future sometime. What will it be like when you know that death is on your trail? See, it's hard for us to think about that because if you're feeling well and you're strong and you're healthy, your mind don't think that way. But friend, death is coming to every one of us. And to you who are not saved, what will it be like when you're surrounded by your family and friends who are weeping because the doctors have said you've just got a short time to live and you believe the doctor, you believe the nurses because your breath is getting shorter and shorter. You're struggling more and more to breathe and things are happening in your body that you've never witnessed before. All this going through your mind, you'll begin to think about messages that you've heard no doubt. And as this continues on, you'll be able to realize that the voices in the room are fading away and your vision is fading away. Yes, friend, one of these days you're going to die. You're going to face death without God if you fail to get saved. And in my ministry and over the years pastoring and holding revivals, 
I've been at the deathbed of several people right there when they crossed over. I've been there when sinners was dying without God. Me and my wife have witnessed things at the deathbed of an individual that was dying without God that it literally sent cold chills up my spine as I heard things and I remember different things that I've witnessed at the deathbed of individuals. I've also been there while saints of God were leaving this world. And I'm telling you, friend, there's a vast difference in the way that a sinner dies and the way that a saint of God dies. A saint of God that knows they're saved, knows they're ready for heaven, knows that their sins are under the blood. They can die in peace, knowing that all is well with their soul. Amen. I tell you, friend, that's a great privilege to be able to leave this world with the assurance that's all that's well with your soul. Secondly, sinner friend, there's something else that you're going to face, and that is the losing of your soul. You're going to lose your soul. Come right down to death's door. Not only are you going to die, but you're going to lose your soul. According to Matthew 16, 26, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Oh, to lose the soul. Yes, dear ones, the loss of the soul is a tragedy. Amen. Not knowing the Savior, leaving this world, losing your soul is a tragedy of all tragedies. Friend, the devil offers our young people a lot, it seems like. And no matter how old you get, when you come to church and hear the gospel, and you're considering yielding, considering walking the aisle and getting right with God, the devil's there to hold things out before you and offer you things. And well, if you'll continue to live for me, you can have this. And, but I say if the devil would come to you and say, listen, just make the decision. Give me your soul and I'll give you the whole world and everything that's in it. If you made the transaction, you're a bad businessman because your soul is more valuable than this whole world. And that's why he said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? If he gained everything that he wanted in life, then he comes down to the end of life's journey and loses his soul. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? Friend, within each human being, there resides within you, amen, uh, an imperishable, eternal, immortal spirit, a never-dying soul, a treasure of incalculable value. Yes, friend, there's a part of you and there's a part of me that's going to live as long as God does. How long's God going to live? Friend, God's going to live forever. And there's a part of us 
We're going to live on and on and on. Amen. Throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Amen. And every man has an immortal soul that can never be annihilated. That soul that's within you, friend, it's never, no never going to enter into a state of non-existence. The soul of man does not die with the body. The soul of man is of immense value. Amen. And to buy back a soul, what would you give in exchange? Sum up the whole. Amen. Within your control. If it were possible, would you not arrange to give all this world and save your soul? Friend, those evening light songs, friend, they used to haunt me before I got saved as the church would sing them old hymns during the invitation. And I would think about my soul that was lost without God. Shall I die without a Savior? Shall I lose my precious soul? Shall I cross this chilly river? Shall I miss yon brighter goal? Have you any time for Jesus? Now that's a good question to ask. Do you, my friend, have any time for Jesus while the fleeting moments roll? Is this mortal life so busy that you cannot save your soul? Will you sell your soul to the devil for a few years of pleasure? Are you going to be so foolish to allow the devil to keep leading you on down the broad way? And you know yourself that it leads to destruction, but you allow the devil. He's got such a hold on you that you keep allowing him to lead you on and on down that road uh, that leads to destruction. I beg of your friend to wake up, turn around. God's calling you. God does not want you to leave this world unprepared to meet God. God cares about you. God loves you. God don't want you to die lost. He don't want you to die and end up losing your soul because the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9 that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises but is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Thank God Jesus made a way that all could be saved. Friend, in this great plan of salvation, when he died upon the cross, he had everybody in mind. He died for every soul, according to Hebrews 2, 9, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That includes you, friend. There's been a way made. Christ paid the price that you could be saved. And he's a propitiation for our sins, according to 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. He's the propitiation for our sins, for those that saved, for those who are the elect, but not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. But this is going to happen, friend. Just sure as I stand before you, if you don't get saved, you're going to have to face death without the Savior. And not only that, you're going to lose your soul eternally at that moment of time when you draw your last breath or when the end of time comes and catches you in that lost condition. 
Friend, at that moment of time, your soul is lost. It can never be bought back. There's another thing going to happen. You're headed for the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 speaks of both of these. Of dying and after death, the judgment. What are you going to do when you have to face the judgment without God? Amen. Oh, dear ones, the judgment day as is certain to come, as the morning is to come, and more so, because the morning might not come. This could be the last day. Judgment is coming. Amen. And the judgment day is a future definite fixed event, just like on our calendar. Every year comes along the 4th of July. We celebrate Thanksgiving. Christmas is on our calendar. New Year's Day, the first day of January. Friend, it's been like that for a long time. It'll continue to be as long as this world lasts. But God's got a calendar. God's got a date set. It's the judgment day. I don't know when it's going to be, and you don't know when it's going to be. Even the Son of God does not know the time that Christ is going to come and put an end to this whole thing. But we're warned in the Word of God to watch and be ready. Because just as surely, friend, as I'm standing here before you, death's coming and the judgment is coming. I want you to go back with me in the Old Testament and think with me. God predicted judgment in the days of Noah. And I ask you that question. Did that judgment come just like God said? Yes, my friend, just like God promised a flood was going to come and destroy the world. So it happened just exactly like God said it's going to do. Amen. God predicted judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. That prediction came true just like God said it was going to in his word. And there's another prediction. In the word of God, we could look at many more. The prediction of the destruction of Jerusalem. It took place just like God said it was going to. But there's yet another prediction. That's the final judgment day. And just as all of the other predictions and the prophecies and the word of God has come true. So the prophecy that one of these days, sinner friend, you're going to face the judgment. God was right about that too. You're going to face these things. Oh, the tragedy facing the judgment unprepared to meet God. You're not going to be able to escape it when that time comes. Though you won't want to face it, you're not going to be able to evade it. You're not going to be able to avoid it. You're not going to be able to escape it. You're going to be brought there and you're going to be kept there until your case is settled. You see, the sinner is still awaiting the final judgment because all the score has not been added up yet. The results of all your evil deeds have not yet come in. All your wicked influence is still being accumulated. And so it will be until the day that you die. Romans 
2, 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds. We're daily making a record which is registered in God's book of remembrance over in heaven. The Lord keeps a full, accurate, and true record of every one of our lives. And not a single item is lost. God's scales are accurate. The judgment balances will weigh not only the deeds, but the acts of life, the motives that prompt the deeds. And that day, every wicked deed will be punished. There must be a judgment day to straighten out things that are not settled in this life. Everything's going to be exposed at the judgment seat of Christ. Nobody is going to go to hell who does not belong in hell. Everybody that goes to hell, they belong there. No power of wickedness, however great, will be able to escape from the trial of that day. No crime that's been concealed in this life will be concealed there. I love you, but I'm gonna tell you something. If you can be raised in church and be privileged to hear what you heard, and if you, my friend, can take all the times that God's been merciful to you and God's dealt with you and his love has reached out to you time and time and time again and his spirit has worked with you and worked with you and worked with you and you've said no to everything that God tried to do. You ought to go to hell. If you can laugh at God's man and if you can spurn the invitation like you have, then you're going where you ought to go. Yes, dear ones, there's not going to be a second hearing. God's record books will be open on that day. And the sins that others have forgotten, God still remembers. Even if you forgot, God has not forgotten. All the facts are going to be known. Every sin you commit is put down in God's record book. And at the judgment, the sinner must face the penetrating blaze of those eyes as they search out the very secrets of your heart. I tell you, what are you going to do when you see him sitting on his throne? All this glory, all this power, and you already know the verdict. I believe if you've been raised in this church, you're going to know the verdict before he ever says, depart from me, I never knew you. When the judge of all the earth comes and the book of life is open and your name is not found in the book of life, what are you going to do? What are you going to answer? What are you going to say? As he says, depart from me, you cursed. Into everlasting fire. When those words are sounded in your ears, Throughout the ceaseless age of eternity, what will you do? If you're a sinner, I tell you, friend, you're going to be filled with fear when you see him sitting on the throne. Your knees will be like Belchazzar. 
they'll be smoting each other. Your teeth will be chattering. Your face, just like Belshazzar, will turn pale. You'll be terrified at the awful judgment bar of God. I used to think about it. What am I going to do? I was a young man, 17 years old. What am I going to do? Knowing what I know. When I get to the judgment, unprepared to meet God. But I found out something. And it's found in 1 Timothy 5, and verse number 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going to judgment. But some, they follow after. You can send your sins on before. You can get a clean record. God can forgive you of every sin. Wash you in his blood. Give you a clean slate. That's the marvelous grace of Jesus Christ. There's something else going to happen to you. You're going to die without God. You're going to lose your soul. You're going to the judgment unprepared to meet God. And then you're going to be cast into hell. And you're going to be there forever. These four things every sinner will face. The greatest tragedy Belshazzar ever faced is when he saw the finger of a man's hand writing on the wall. Many, many tackled you, Pharisee, saying, Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. Judas, he had a sad awakening when he died, lost his soul, and he too will be in hell. Not believing in hell does not change the reality of hell. Fires of hell burned so violent that all the waters of the sea could never quench it. If all the fires that ever were and all the fires that ever shall be was contracted into one fire, it'd be like a painted picture on the wall compared to what hell is going to be like. Fire burning are mentioned so frequently and forcibly in the Word of God that we cannot deny the fact of a literal hell fire. All the waters that ever were, all the waters that ever could be, was converted into ink. And all the still into pens, half of the whores of hell, could not be portrayed. When you've been in hell one hour, you will have suffered more than 10,000 tongues could ever tell. The pain, the misery, hell's a place of intense suffering. The pains of hell will be so intense Throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, though the pain is so great, there'll be no possibility of sleeping or fainting, not for a moment. In hell, there's no rest throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. It's a place of no escape. The thought of no escape is as bad as the thought of going there itself. To suffer immeasurably when you know you don't have any hope of escape, no hope wishing to die, but unable to die. It is unreasonable to assume that there's an eternal heaven, but not an eternal hell. Because eternal punishment is as much of a truth in God's word as the rewards of the righteous. The eternity of hell and the eternity of heaven 
is spoken of in the same chapters in the same verses hell is one long night after you've been there 10,000 years and look towards the future you'll only be able to see eternity it's stretching on and on without any hope I'm telling you friend no pen can describe the unimaginable pain suffering torment of hell and I don't want you to go and God don't want you to go because God loves you and he cares about you how about you are you facing death I'm prepared to meet God are you going to lose your precious soul are you going to go to the judgment there and find yourself with no hope and are you one day going to lift your eyes like the rich man and find that you are in hell God loves you and he cares about you thank you for listening if you found this message helpful please share this episode with your friends on Facebook Messenger or your favorite social media if you have questions or suggestions please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show a big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise Until next time, keep living the good life.